Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. This week's episode is something that I'm so, so passionate about. If you follow me on Instagram, you will know that I absolutely adore hiking. I can quite often be found up a mountain, up in the hills. I just love it so much. So when Angie, who is an online coach at Get Peachy, asked me to come on her podcast as a guest to discuss all things hiking, particularly if you are a beginner and want to get into hiking, we spoke about, you know, the kit that you need and things you can do to sort of prep for your first hike. So it was such a good chat. Um, with some really, really good information in it, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. I have the lovely Lindsay on the podcast today, and we are going to be discussing all things hiking, because Lindsay is just like me. She's an online coach, and she is a hiking fanatic, and she's also just moved countries to a place that's full of mountains, so we're going to discuss that in a minute. But what we really want to bring um, to the podcast today is tips on how to get started with hiking. So, Lindsay, tell us who you are, where you are in the world right now yep. and uh, and what is it you actually do? Thank you first of all for having me on, this is lovely. Um, I am Lindsay and I am an online coach. My business is called LMT Fitness and I help people to find balance between fitness, nutrition and lifestyle yeah. and you know being active and living an active lifestyle is something that I love to do and I, I like to help other people sort of find their way to do that as well. Um, and at the minute, so I'm from Scotland, as you can probably hear with my accent. <laughs> um, however, last year I moved to Germany. So I'm in Bavaria and we have the Bavarian Alps not that far from us. So I'm at the very start of my journey of starting to explore them um, and this new part of the world where I live. So exciting, exciting and stuff. Which part of Scotland did you move from and what made you move to Germany? So I'm from, I don't know if you know Loch Lomond. Yes. You heard of Loch Lomond? Yeah. So a wee town right beside Loch Lomond. That's where I'm originally from. So that's the West Coast. And my partner is German. He's from here. Ah. So we had to decide, right, are we going to live in Scotland or are we going to live in Germany? And Germany won. So Amazing. Well, well <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, well done <laughs> for being so brave and switching countries. Oh. <laughs> quite daunting to begin with but exciting at the same time yep I think it's the, the two biggest challenges so far have been learning to drive on the other side of the road <laughs> yeah. after you know you're so conditioned to your your normal driving habits and you know I'm going to change the the gear and I'm putting on the seat belt with the wrong hands and stuff and I still walk <laughs> to the wrong side of the car when I go again um and the language which I'm learning yeah um but as an adult it's not that easy so no, it is. We'll get there. <laughs> it really isn't. I I always get because I'm half Greek. I always get told off by my Greek family that I don't speak that much Greek, and because mm -hmm. I'm not surrounded by it, it's so yeah. much harder. But mm -hmm. yeah, learning a language as an adult is uh, is a lot harder. But there you go. There's our excuses coming yeah. up right now. <laughs> um, okay, fab. So let's just talk a little bit about how we both got into hiking, just so kind of people understand like where it kind of started. So you tell you tell us where did hiking start for you yes yeah, so I would say it's a been a sort of a gradual thing for me so coming from like I say the, the west coast of Scotland right at Loch Lomond you know from where I lived in my mum and dad's house you know not 
just down the road, you could see Ben Lomond. So that part of the world, you're always sort of surrounded by mountains and surrounded by nature. Um, and I first climbed Ben Lomond, I must have been about 12 or 13 with my aunt. And I remember just thinking, this is like another world up here. Like, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, you're away from everything. There's, you know, there's nothing other than, you know, nature all around you. So that was when I was sort of first introduced to it. And then I've always, like I say, been quite active and like being outdoors. But I would say my obsession, if I'll call it that, my, my recent obsession started. So I used to be long haul cabin crew for Virgin Atlantic. Okay. And one of the trips, so there was a pilot that worked for Virgin Atlantic and he was always organizing, you know, different um like activities and things like that. And one day I got to fly with him and we were flying to Narita, which is in Japan. And he decided who wants to climb Mount Fuji? And oh we were like, uh, yeah, okay. So he'd done it a few times before. So he had some contacts and everything there. So he knew what he was doing. So basically, yeah, worked the 11 hour flight, got off the flight and then we went and climbed Mount Fuji. And honestly, it was, my mind was just blown. So, I mean, it was challenging after working that that long of a flight. We got a bus to sort of the town where Fuji is. And then you climb up for some of the way and they have um, like huts, like sort of rest huts. You rest for a few hours and then you start again about two in the morning. And then that gets you to the top for sunrise. And honestly, it's it sounds cliche, but it was like one of those like life changing moments for me just. And even now, I still remember, I mean, this was maybe 2012, I think. Um, and like the colours of the sunset and just the feeling of being up there was just amazing. Yeah. So from then on, really, that was me. I'd sort of caught the, the bug um, and then obviously came back to Scotland and I started doing Monroe's and everything in Scotland. Um, and then I love travelling. So now anytime I travel anywhere, I try and find different mountains to climb and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's just sort of spiralled from there, really. Yeah, amazing. What an opportunity as well for you to be like, yeah, let's just go climb Mount Fuji. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. I know. Was was there a lot of altitude when you did it? So it it wasn't too bad. So I think if my memory serves me right, Mount Fuji is about 3,700-ish metres. So the air definitely does get thinner. I didn't struggle with anything too much, um, but there was a few people sort of round about with, you get like the tins of oxygen and then just the wee, like, it's got like a sucker thing that you put on your face. Um, so a few people had them, um, but nothing nothing too extreme that I felt. Um, yeah, definitely challenging and definitely do not advise it as your first mountain on your own, but <laughs> yeah. After an 11 we were... hour flight as well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> but like I say, we were, we were with a sort of team. So the, the pilot that we were with, he knew people, um, you know, we were sort of with people that knew what they were doing. So, yeah. so it, was, it was fine. Yeah, amazing. Uh, right, let's think about where my hiking started. So as a young kid, we always went on walks. That was just one thing that we always did as a family. National Trust, go for a walk. And I hated it when I was a child, as you do. <laughs> you just feel like you're getting dragged around. But it wasn't until... I was trying to think about this earlier. One of my uh, really close friends, we danced together. We used to go out running quite a lot and she's a little bit older than me. And she started talking about Snowden and 
other kind of mountains and peaks in the UK. And she went and did the Three Peaks Challenge. And after she did that, her story about it really, really inspired me because she was just hilarious the way that she explained it all. So I'd always had in my head as a challenge, I want to do the Three Peaks one day. And then when I sort of started, I guess it's actually when I first started my own kind of proper fat loss journey where I tracked my calories and actually did things the the nice and healthy way yeah. not the uh, yo-yo diet way I started getting into walking so you know Fitbit that kind of thing and I actually don't think I had a Fitbit for the first sort of year and a half of upping my knee activity I just used to go out for walks and I moved um to a different county so I'm from Worcester I moved to um Hampshire so I moved to Newbury and I moved for work and at the time I didn't know anybody there so I just used to go out for walks and that was one thing that really helped me kind of I don't know like connect and feel better when I was there was finding little walks and then I met my partner Brad and we would go out and explore and that kind of thing and the more I did that, the more I got into tracking my steps, et cetera, the more I wanted to make it fun and get out and challenge myself, not just with a walk around the park, you know, just finding things that uh, take you uphill and then up mm-hmm. peak and up a mountain. And then actually just before my 30th birthday, I think it was two years before my 30th birthday, um, I was friends with quite a few uh, fitness professionals and we were talking about maybe doing um, the three peaks because I said I was desperate to do it and one of the guys really close friends was a mountain guide Mm -hmm. so he got in contact with him and then before we know it we were booked on to do the three peaks I think we did it in May or June time and so yeah so I had like five months of training or six months of training to do before that because I wanted to make sure I was fit So I went and did Snowden with a couple of friends and I just went and did loads and loads of training walks to make sure that I was absolutely, you know, going to be okay for it. Did Penny Fan and lots of different um, uphill walks. And then we went and did the National Three Peaks and we managed to do it in under uh, 24 hours. And it was just insane. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it was, again, just like a gradual thing. Friends talked about it. And the more I got into you know, every weekend or every other weekend being like, right, where should we go and walk this weekend? You know, I need to go and train for three peaks, etc. The more and more I just wanted to do more. And where you mentioned Loch Lomond, actually, I went on a hiking holiday there. Don't mm-hmm. ask me which <laughs> roads I climbed because half of them I can't pronounce. I want to say Ben Nine, Nine? Don't know. N-E-I-M, I think. Nine. Nine. We did that anyway. Me and my friend did, uh-huh. did that and it was horrific because we tried to get the sunrise. <laughs> so we left at like 4 a.m. in the morning and it was the sunrise did not happen. And we just literally were just stuck in thick fog cloud at like six o'clock in the morning. And we were like, what are we doing up here? <laughs> horrific. Um, but we did a couple of Munros actually in Scotland and it was, yeah, it was amazing. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think you see, it's funny you saying that about standing in the thick fog. <laughs> that's quite common for Scotland. So, wow, yeah. you know, what? if you're, if you're lucky and you get a good day, the, the views are honestly unrivaled. They're amazing. However, the, the good days are 
are few and far between yeah <laughs> we went at a terrible time of year as well we went in October so we were like setting ourselves up for disaster really that it was yeah. <laughs> poor weather but we didn't um when I did the National Three Peaks um Ben Nevis we never got views because obviously there's only like three days a year you get views I think um so I'm desperate to go go back and do that and actually get a view yeah fingers but, crossed yeah <laughs> might have to climb it six times for that to happen <laughs> um cool awesome all right so let's start from the beginning then what do you think people need to consider when thinking about like starting hiking like where can people begin what what would you encourage a client or a friend to do if they were like oh yeah kind of I have thought about hiking but I'm just a bit nervous or a bit scared like where where would you point them in the in kind of the the right direction yeah so it's you know I think that sort of you know if you're wanting to start out it's a common feeling of feeling sort of overwhelmed because you know if you just go on google and type in hiking it's you know these mountains and you just see these thousands of meters and everything that's you, you know it can be quite overwhelming where where do you start with it so I think first of all for me I would give someone advice to say think about your own fitness levels where you currently are think about your own abilities because no matter where you are on the scale there will be a hill to suit you to suit your starting position so thinking about that also looking so there's a couple of good sites that I use there's all trails and yeah. there's commute I, th I don't I think that's how you say it yeah yeah, yeah yeah um so these are good sites for they give you like the the distances the sort of average time that people take to do the hike they give you the elevation levels and sort of different routes that you can take so they are good for sort of planning stages so once you've thought about your own fitness levels, have a look at sort of hills and things that are in your area and then see what sort of matches where, where you're currently at. The Another thing actually to, to think about is, so access. So some, especially in Scotland, for the starting point, you have to maybe trek through a stream or a river or something like that. So really sort of do as much research as you can around about the, the hill or the mountain that, that you want to start hiking with. Once you've done that, I think it's a good idea to start thinking about equipment that you need or sort of gear that you need. And again, that can be really overwhelming. You know, if you start looking at hiking gear, it can be, you know, these boots for 300 quid and this jacket for 500. You don't, you don't need all of that stuff. So I would say the important, the most important thing is a good solid pair of boots. And again, they don't have to be massively expensive. They just have to have a good grip on the sole be sturdy and have a bit of ankle support because you know on these hills and on different terrains your feet can be a bit unsteady and you know that's where you can risk sort of you know hurting yourself or hurting your ankles so they are the, the things to look for um a good pair of socks as well is key yeah. to, to avoid the blisters even two pairs so that you've always got a, sp a spare pair that you can take in your bag um and hiking poles hiking poles can be a good one as well because especially coming down it can put quite a lot of pressure on your knees so a good set of hiking poles can also help to sort of you know take a bit of the strain off of your knees um yeah and then thinking about training so like you said you obviously had to do training for you know to get your body ready to do these, these challenges so start thinking about 
you know what sort of training and things like that you might want to to do for for starting hiking is a yeah. good one yeah absolutely do you know what I've never used poles and um we're doing I'm taking some of my clients up penny fan in two weeks time and mm -hmm. one of my clients actually messaged me because obviously I'm pregnant and she was like do you want to borrow my poles so I was like yeah <laughs> I probably will to go downhill because I'm a little bit stubborn in my head I'm like oh, I don't need poles but I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow hers just in case and I'm also taking my dog just in case I can't make it up to the top because yeah. <laughs> I just strap him on to me and he'll just yank me up um but yeah I love that and I use the all trails app I'm so glad that you brought that up because I've got the actual app on my phone and I can't tell you how many walks me and my partner Brad have done using that app and it's just amazing because you can literally log on to it live start your route and it you know because I'm terrible if you ask any of my friends I do not know my lefts and rights I have no idea what direction I get lost just walking into town right but put me in a hike and and give me an app I'm absolutely fine <laughs> but anywhere else no you know I'm terrible with directions but yeah so that app I definitely recommend as well there's also you can use like Strava and stuff and try and like track somebody else's walk and hike that they've done before which we've tr I've tried before um I have had so one of my friend's uh stepdad's he is a mountain leader as well and he tried to <laughs> teach me how to read a map <laughs> and open my head can't no. do it I need technology so yeah you can always try using a map if you're if you're uh if you're well weathered but no I can't do that at all yeah um, I'm, not, I'm the same I think actually another one that's quite good so there's maps me and what you can do or, or certainly the last time I used it um you can download an area or a you know a country or whatever you are and it's also available offline so sometimes some of the hills you can go there's you know you lose signal so yeah. maps me quite a good one because it's it's offline you can use it yeah, I mean, yeah I'm, I'm with you on the maps I, I don't know how to use them either <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have to use technology another thing that I think I would suggest is that because you kind of mentioned it there actually check out your local area obviously you lived in an amazing part of Scotland and um, that there's Munro's on every you know corner that you turn yep. whereas you know I live in the Midlands so it's a little bit further for us to kind of find places but one thing that I really encourage people to do if you're living somewhere you know in the UK or even outside of the UK that that isn't close to any mountains or peaks just do some research on local um I would say not not really attractions but just local walks that you can do and I often go on to the county council website so I will search research county council walks um, and you'll find there's so many trails that they put up and they're really great because you can often print out a map yep. and uh, try and find your way around using a map and the directions but they're great because what they can do is help you to build up di distance because one of the things that you might find if you're just starting out wanting to go hiking is to do a mountain, to do a peak, to do a Munro, you've got to build up the endurance in your legs. Because some of these hikes, you're going to be going anywhere from two hours all the way up to five, six hours, depending on what you're doing and how many you're doing in one day. And even though that doesn't really sound like much because you're like, oh, it's just walking, which is what my partner Brad was. Oh, it's just walking. It'll be fine. <laughs> 
you get halfway up and you're absolutely flagging. So something that's really important to consider is endurance. Whether you do that on a flat walk, whether you do that on a hilly walk, or you do that on an actual hike, building your endurance up on your legs is really, really important because you will fatigue, you will at points, and we're going to go into this later, but you will at points like get to your pain threshold and be like, I have had enough. I just want to cry. <laughs> there was yeah, yep. definitely lots of cry- uh, tears on the three peaks, but well, not from me, actually. I was quite happy, but um, yeah, you can get to your sort of pain threshold and, you know, get to a point where you just want to stop and just wish that somehow you could click your fingers and you'd be three hours back down, but no, that doesn't happen. So definitely thinking about, right, I can comfortably walk now, you know, 5K or 10 kilometers and not feel too tired. How can I push that distance? You know, can I go a slightly longer route or can I choose a new route that's 12 kilometers or 15 kilometers? Because with anything, you do have to be slightly specific with your training. Like if you're a good runner, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good hiker. It's different, you know, because... Well, it just is. So I definitely think thinking about, okay, where am I now in terms of how fit I am, like you mentioned, and how can I, you know, move the margin slightly and make that slightly further and, and, you know, being kind to yourself and not going, okay, well, I can walk 10K, I'm going to go out and do a 20K, you know, and then killing yourself off, like, do it slowly and do it steady. Some people love a challenge and like, do you know what, I'm going to go and do, you know, one of these 100 kilometer challenges and never done any training in their life. Um, you usually <laughs> end up injured in some yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, really thinking about, okay, where in my local area can I get some longer walks in and does that have a hill in it and can I include that in, etc. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And even what you see there about the county council sites. So there's the tourist information for your area as well is really quite a good one because people Uh, visiting they like to do walks you know forest walks are quite a good one um because the terrain on there is 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 often quite similar to you know some hills and they've got lots of ups and downs and things like that so they can be really good ones and again they come in all lengths and all distances so they are good ones to start with as well yeah absolutely and then of course if you want to you can set yourself a challenge so some of my clients there there was um what's the walking magazine I don't know what it's called I can't remember but there was a walking magazine that goes out and basically it was like do so many miles a year and you could like write it down that every month you've done so many miles so that's always a good a good shout as well but there's lots of different challenges you can set yourself you can go obviously on google and have a look at you know three peaks challenge there's a yorkshire three peaks there's the welsh three thousands i'm sure there's probably loads in scotland that you can do as well yeah um so having a look go on sorry no i was going to say facebook groups are actually quite good as well so if you don't have a like a group of friends that is that's into hiking you know when you do want to start but you're not sure where you know where where to go to meet people most places now have quite a few different Facebook groups um, and they can be really good for ideas. Some of them, you know, people in them organise sort of group treks and things like that. So face, if you can control Facebook for your area, they can be really good ones for, for meeting people and sussing out like a, a level or a, a hike that might be, you know, good for you at this at this time, depending on where you are. Yeah, absolutely encourage that. There's, um, I'm part of a Midlands hiking group as well. And I must say, I've never been on one of their hikes, but I love the group just to 
see where people are going because I'm like oh I've never heard of that one before you know it's local to me so it's really really good for ideas I also really like Instagram and just typing in the hashtag so if you let's say you know I live in Worcester so if I just put in Worcestershire walks actually if you put in that hashtag in Instagram it will come up with locations and then you can find you know people's different pictures and then you can you can kind of you know uh, reverse engineer it and find from a picture well, where did they start you know I, I've even gone as far as messaging people and been like that's an amazing walk I did this when we were looking at the Peak District I was like where do you start da, da, da. and you know people are amazing they'll send you the yeah the link to the map they used or the the Google, Google website they found etc so yeah explore no, I've not tried that one but I'm going to I'm going to try that one now because that's 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 a good idea yeah I mean I do it when we go away on holiday and that kind of thing I'll just type in the area then I'll look at pictures and I'll try and find out where that is on the map so mm -hmm. yeah it's a good uh, good little Thanks tip, tip. <laughs> um okay so one thing you mentioned there actually that I think is really important is friendships now a lot of my really close friends now are all keen walkers and hikers and that has evolved over the years you know I didn't used to have a lot of friends that were mad hikers and that kind of thing but I definitely think as I've got older you know it's one of the things that we've all started doing now you know I've got a dog and that kind of thing so I think with what you mentioned about the Facebook group do try and expand your horizons in terms of friendship groups because you might involve, be involved in a particular friendship group where nobody wants to go for a hike. So can you ask somebody, you know, at work or do you talk to somebody, you know, that maybe isn't in close friendship group, but could you chat to them and maybe go and explore? What are your thoughts on friend, friendships and hiking? No, 100% what you've said there. So... So I started off with most of my friends were, were not interested in it. You know, I, I would say that I'm probably the most, the most sort of sporty and active out of my friendship group. Um, so sometimes trying to get my friends to come along on them, it can be a bit like pulling teeth. I don't know. Do you have that saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it can be difficult. So sometimes it's just thinking about different ways that you can meet people. Something that I have actually used before. I don't know if you've heard of the app Meetup yes um and it. it's it's so good so you can basically put in your interests it's not dating or anything like that at all but it's basically like friendships and groups and things like that and I did meet a couple of sort of meetup groups in Scotland and went for hikes with them because I mean especially starting out going on a hike yourself it can be quite scary and quite daunting so trying to build a bit of a, a community that you know you can hike with and there's different people can go different days is is, is a great idea um and also I think like a lot of people maybe have it in the back of their mind that they want to give it a try and they want to you know sort of test the water and see how things are so even if you just pluck up the courage to say to somebody that's maybe mentioned it before listen how's about this weekend I was thinking about going out um you know do you want to give it a try so it's it's definitely something to give a go um there was actually because there's another coach um that I know Alessia who is lovely and she had mentioned it on my me. podcast <laughs> yes oh, oh she's so nice and we were sort of like Instagram friends and now we've become for real real life friends as well um because I was over visiting Scotland um a couple of weeks ago and I decided to I was going to go a hike and I just mentioned it to Alessia and she says oh that would be great I would be up for doing it as well it's something that I've not done a lot of so 
it worked and we got on like a house on fire and now anytime I'm in Scotland Alessia and I are going to organize a hike to do together so reaching out to people and just yeah. you know trying to get other people on board and it, it might help you make new friends as well yeah so it's defi- definitely worthwhile absolutely I know for sure that some of my very very close friends that I've been friends with for years and years would never come on a hike with me like ever mm-hmm. like to just walk around a park is enough but I've got certain friends that are my outdoors activity friends you know and, and if I said let's go to the Lake District I'll book this Airbnb they'd be there like a shop you know so I definitely feel like hiking has broadened my horizons in terms of friendship groups and also my relationship as well you know when me and my partner Brad first met we we used to go for walks and just gentle walks and over time now we've pushed and pushed you know uh, um, our boundaries as such and now we we went and did Helvellyn have you heard of Helvellyn no I don't think so no so Helvellyn's in the Lake District and it's got mm-hmm. the most horrendous um oh what do you call it where you just scramble along a ridge so it's a got, mm-hmm. yeah it's got the most horrendous ridge and we just decided I wanted to do Helvellyn for um New Year's Day basically this was about three years ago three or four years ago so we stayed in on New Year's Eve and then we got up at like 5am in the morning drove all the way to the Lake District which is about a four hour drive from us no one on the roads which was just amazing because obviously it's New Year's Day and we went and did Helvellyn and like you were saying about you know in Scotland the starting point might be sometimes miles away from where you start so <laughs> I just picked a random car park and this is terrible planning don't do this <laughs> I was like oh yeah we'll just park in that car park it'll be fine got there we were literally probably an hour away from the starting point of the actual hike so we had to mm-hmm. then walk all the, that way then we got there and the weather was just, it was just the most awful start to a new year ever. We won't go into detail. I almost cried because um, <laughs> I was just scrambling anyway. But yeah, it's one of the things that we have really developed, you know, over the years in our relationship is a way that we connect and bond and have a date day is by going for a hike, you know, because it gets us and we'll come on to this in a minute. It gets us out of, you know, being on our phones, you know, we're all, completely with nature nobody around it's just us we can have a really lovely conversation it pushes our mental boundaries as well you know in terms of how hard can we push ourselves to get and you know teamwork and that kind of thing so yeah that's what I love absolutely love about it so as we go on then let's talk about the benefits the benefits of hiking what do you think the overall benefits are so I mean, I think the list is, so personally, I think the list is endless, but I would say the two biggies for me are the improvements that you can make to your physical health Mm -hmm. and the benefits to your mental health. So really health in general. So I think like you said earlier about, you know, endurance levels. So hiking, it's not one of these things where, you know, you can just start on the sofa and go and climb Mount Everest. But it's a progressive, you know, it's a progressive activity. So like you said, you know, start off small, start off walking and slowly but surely over time, you know, you start with a a smaller mountain, you get a wee bit bigger, you get a wee bit bigger. And it's these, you can really see the progress and feel the progress that you're making because you feel that it becomes easier over time as well. Still, Still challenging, but, you know, your body adapts and your body, you know, responds to how, how far you're pushing it each time. So, you know, your endurance levels, your overall fitness and also your strength. So 
I mean, yes, it's important to do some sort of strength training alongside hiking and especially to prepare for it, you know, get your, your body nice and strong, get your body able to be able to carry you up the hill. So whether that's through, you know, compound, big compound movements, strengthening your legs, but hiking in general is a full body activity. So, you know, you want to carry your pack. So you need a nice strong back and upper body. You know, you need to navigate different terrains. So you want to have a good balance and, you know, be able to be quite agile so that you can trust your own body. And all of these things over time imp improve. So your overall physical fitness in general improves with hiking. Yeah. And like I say, the, the, the mental health side of it. So exactly what you said about when you go out with Brad, you know, the phones are away, there's no signal and you just chat. And it's almost like there's, you know, you can have conversations that brand new conversations with people that you've known for years. So it's really connecting with people and, you know, you're outside in fresh air and you're in nature and really no matter what you've got going on at home or, you know, stressful times in your head, all you need to focus on when you're hiking is just that one foot in front of the other. And it's like everything for me anyway, everything else just melts away so all the stresses all the worries because all you're focused on is one foot in front of the other and you've got that goal so the goal is to get to that top and I think as well when you get so the closer you get you know yes you're pushing through yes you're tired your body's knackered and there's times when you just want to sit down and have a lie down and by all means you know take take rests I do along the way but see that feeling when you get to the top it's like such a confidence boost and such an achievement. And, you know, you've pushed through all those, those difficult parts along the way. And I, I quite often, this is a bit deep, right? But I quite often think that like a mountain or hiking a mountain is very similar to, to life. Yeah. So like, you know, you'll start off, you know, maybe a bit rocky. You'll maybe have to trek through a bit of a river and then you'll get to a really steep point and you'll want to give up and it'll be painful and it'll, you know, everything in your body's telling you don't do it, you want to stop and then it'll level out again. And then there might be a couple of false summits where just catch you and trip you up. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those, but you just have to go through it all to, to get to the top. But when you get there, that sense of achievement, it's amazing. And then, you know, if you're lucky, not always in Scotland, but you're rewarded with the views as well. So it's <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've just hiked with you or all, all the emotions. <laughs> that that's one thing I think you you don't realise you get when you go out for a hike is you yep. get all you experience all of the emotions. Yep. You know, at first you're like, oh my God, that looks shit scary. That's really high. How am I going to do this? You know, you get started and you feel amazing. You're like, yeah, I've got this. And then you get halfway and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? I just want to go home. And it builds up. I think I have got more and more resilient the more and more I've hiked because it just builds up that resilience of just keep going one foot in front of the other you know and very much like you said like trying to it brings you into the present moment so much yeah. because all you can think about is what you are physically doing and how you're going to get there you know and the only thing you can do is just carry on and I just love it for that there have been so many times I mean have you, I'm guessing you've hiked in all weathers where you've planned a walk and the weather, and we'll come on to weather in a minute because we'll talk about preparing for a hike, but the weather has taken a, a turn and it's absolutely pouring and smashing down on you. You can't see anything. You know, you've got waterproofs on, 
but you're still soaked underneath and you're still climbing to the top and you're thinking, I could be sat at home right now in my pajamas <laughs> with a hot chocolate yeah. watching TV, but I'm up a mountain and getting soaked. But there's something quite, I don't know, like energizing about that thinking, oh, you know, all those people are sat down at home and here's me halfway up a mountain, absolutely soaked, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to yeah. get to the top. And I just love that feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, yeah, 100%. I've been caught in the torrential rain and it, as your body and your mind is just screaming at you what the hell are you doing like it, and it's almost it's it's so ridiculous you have to laugh yeah like you actually yeah. laugh at yourself for doing it um there was actually one there was a Monroe and you know, I can't even remember what one it was now but again it started it was supposed to be quite a nice day but as usual Scottish weather four seasons in one day and the rain was coming down in sheets. It was like torrential rain. And I remember thinking, I can't, I can't, this is just not enjoyable. I couldn't even open my eyes because it was just battering on my face. Everything was muddy, everything was soaked. And then within five minutes, I could see the summit, the rain just stopped nice. and this rainbow came out, right? This massive I mean, I was probably a bit delirious at this point, but it was like the most colourful rainbow I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I still remember like the sheer joy yeah. of the rain stopping and this rainbow. And I felt like this rainbow had actually came out for me. And I'll always remember that, like, just thank you, like yeah. joyous moment. And you just wouldn't get, if you were just walking on the street with an umbrella up, you wouldn't get that same yeah. that same feeling so it's just it's amazing what it can do for yeah your, your mental health and your well-being and you know yes you experience all the emotions but the highs are, are huge as well so yeah. yeah get out in the rain yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely I love that that gave me shivers goosebumps um okay let's talk about the practicalities of then how to prepare so should we go through what to take with you yeah yeah, do you want to start? Yeah. So for me, um, now I'm not, uh, as much as I love hiking, I'm not a snow and ice hiker. You know, I don't do anything massively extreme. I'm not like abseiling down sides and all this sort of stuff. So what I take with me is just, I would say sort of general population hikes. So if you're starting out, this is maybe a good sort of idea of what you need. So first of all, a backpack because like a bum bag or a wee handbag is not a good thing to be going up a mountain with. I have So a good back, a good backpack, preferably one that's maybe waterproof or something like that, but a backpack that's going to be big enough to carry all your stuff about with you for the day. And like I said earlier, a good sturdy pair of walking boots, a good pair of thick socks. And in terms of what goes in your backpack, now, the weather can be quite deceiving. So even when you're, at, you know, sea level or ground level, I don't know what it is, basically on the ground, That's it can be sunny. <laughs> it can be sunny. It could be quite a pleasant, you know, spring or summer day. And then you get up the mountain and there can be snow and it can be freezing. Yeah. So thinking about, you know, what sort of things you need, you might start off in shorts at the bottom, but you might be at the top wearing hat and gloves. So thin 
thin layers or that you can basically layer up and take off as you go are, are absolutely key because if you've got a great big heavy jacket there's you're going to be too hot with on at some point and then you have to try and squeeze it in the backpack so those um you know those feather I don't know what they're called the feather um, jackets that you can down, stuff down, feather down. down. yeah something, something like, like that. that so you can stuff them away down they can roll into wee balls like wee lightweight waterproof jackets sports tops like wicking tops um one thing that I've got and I use it nearly every single hike is you know those snoots but they're quite thin material yeah so that's great for if you need to use it as a scarf or use it as a, a hat yeah, yeah. to sort of protect you from the sun um sun cream is a big one because even if the sun's not fully out you know it can still be sort of battering your face and things like that and you don't want to end up sunburned so sun cream all your layers um blister plasters so another top tip don't go a long hike in brand new boots yeah get yeah. new boots wear that. them in the house wear them out and about for a wee while sort of break them in because the last thing blisters will kill you the last thing you need is a, is a blister because they're so painful yeah. um but yeah so blister plasters to have in the bag normal plasters are also a good one and thinking about snacks and food for the hike as well because it's such a like I say it's you know it's a really high energy activity so your body's going to be burning so many calories and so much energy to, to get you up the mountain so thinking about what you eat for breakfast before you leave so something again that's going to be long lasting and fill you up so oats is a great one I like to make the the overnight oats and mm. take them with me and then I have them in the car just before I start that's what I do <laughs> you can go for a hike together. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring the oats. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, a good a good filling breakfast to to start you off properly, and then for me, the food that I always take for the hike. So I've always got like an apple and a banana, some some good fruit in the bag, sandwiches, yeah. and again, you, you maybe need two or three of these because really the food that you're eating on the hike, you're going to be burning because you're going to be using every muscle, every you know bone everything to get you up that mountain so your body's using so much energy bars or um, protein bars are also a good one to have in the bag things that are easy to carry um and I also always like to have a little um emergency bag of Haribo yeah because you do you feel you know you're using so much energy so you can feel quite depleted at points so if you do a few Haribo in in the mouth is is always welcome so yeah um they're, they're really good ones to have with you. Yeah, amazing. I'm just trying to think if there's anything I would add to that. Or um, So gloves for sure. So I know there's been a couple of hikes that I've been on where we've had to do a bit, a bit of scrambling. And when your fingers are freezing, even though it looks like a beautiful, lovely day, you know, you get into Snowdonia, you get into the Bracken Beacons and that wind, that gust of wind, I mean, Scotland as well, is freezing and when you're three quarters of the way up and you're scrambling and you're tired and you can't move your fingers you need gloves so I always take I've got a thin pair of gloves um, that aren't waterproof actually and then I've got waterproof gloves you might not like um Lindsay said a lot of this stuff a lot of hiking is stripping off 
yep. and then putting it back on and sometimes you know even you'll put stuff back on and it feels a bit sweaty and gross but you need that warmth especially when you're at the top you're talking about that um snud thing that I use the snud from my ears my ears can get quite cold I always pack a hat a cap so if it is raining, I'm not getting loads of water in my eyes. And I always pack a woolly hat, no matter what the weather, unless it's like July and it's absolutely baking hot. Um, I always pack a woolly hat because my head gets quite cold. But all of these things like in a rucksack, you've just got to get really efficient at being able to like roll things up and make them really small. Um, rain jacket, obviously really important. I try to get like a windproof jacket. So I've got one, like you don't have to spend a million pounds on these things. Like I just get my stuff from Mountain Warehouse and I usually try and get it in the sale. Um, or Aldi and Lidl usually do like really cheap walking stuff as well. But try and get stuff that um, if you're gonna wear a waterproof that is windproof because the wind can catch you out and uh also what's really lovely if you can get a waterproof with um zippers underneath your armpits because then your, <laughs> arm, your armpits get fresh air and everywhere ventilation right um and then in terms of what you wear on your legs see I typically wear gym leggings like I don't care if they get soaked because they dry out some people prefer wearing waterproof trousers I find they're a bit heavy a bit clunky um, or of course you can wear shorts if you if you're really brave and it's freezing and you want to be one of those weirdos that wear shorts um I do wear shorts though in the summer and then food wise actually I'll go into a couple of things as well but in some backpacks you can get what's called a camel pack so it's basically a bag of water with a straw so you then no longer have to reach around to the back of your bag to pull out your water bottle um I actually need to replace mine because it got like really moldy but some rucksacks are good again my rucksack's just from Mountain Warehouse and it's got the camel pack um bag of water it, it's a two litre bottle but you it doesn't feel like a two litre bottle because it's in a bag and those types of things are really great because when you're hiking and you've got like this huge big bottle in your bag sometimes can, that can be quite uncomfortable so a camel pack can be really good and then the straw comes through and you literally just sip on the straw um what else so food wise I'm very much like you overnight oats I always make sure that I have a decent dinner the night before as well so don't skimp on your calories if you're calorie tracking like literally carb load up and have like a big delicious dinner like the lasagna or burger or whatever you want before the night before have a decent breakfast even if you don't feel hungry you will need it and then snacks fruit I always go for like orange apple satsuma banana um and then I have I take sandwiches I usually go and buy a meal deal so I'll take a sandwich packet of crisps and like a chocolate bar I always it's my like routine thing I always have to have a Cadbury's boost <laughs> I don't know why but you know when you just get a little bit like obsessive about certain things I always yep. have to have uh, a Cadbury's boost and sometimes Reese's pieces you know the chocolate peanut butter ones oh, yeah, they're, good. they're handy to have mm -hmm. and then again emergency bag of Harry Boat you can never take enough food so don't don't go lightly like pack enough food if you come home with some amazing if you don't and don't one thing I was going to mention and we can talk about this in a second but don't be afraid to eat one of the things that I'm I don't know what I think I've got low blood pressure or something but I can quickly run out of energy and one of my really close friends Amy she can just go and go and go and not stop and eat but she'll look at me and go 
you need to stop, you need to eat. It's almost like I've gone from being a Duracell Benny to literally like just traipsing through. And when you're out hiking, you don't fit, you don't get hungry. You don't feel hungry. Well, I don't. You yeah. feel sick and you feel tired. And it's at that time where your blood sugar level is really low and you just need to eat. When we did the, the National Three Peaks, Rich, the guy that took us out for, for the, the, the mountains and led it, was, lit, was really strict with us. And anyone that looked like they were like just slightly declining, he was like, stop, eat, get that in your mouth now. We had a Kendall mint cake. Have you heard of it? Mm -hmm yeah mm -hmm. I don't like it I think it's horrible but it's, <laughs> it's so full of sugar that just as soon as you had it it's like da, 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 your batteries just get recharged yeah. and all of a sudden you're like oh my god I have energy again because when you're eating and hiking your body doesn't digest food properly because all of your blood flow is going to your arms your legs your glutes your back so it's not really going to your digestive system so actually you do need quite a lot of quick fix sugars yeah. on the actual hike so if you're taking stuff with you that's slow to digest forget it make sure you get quick like I always take like white bread sandwiches and stuff like that just because you need those simple sugars to keep going but then you yeah. want to carb load with your breakfast and the the, the meal before is there anything yeah. else that I haven't mentioned I can't think um first aid stuff yeah, I mean, I, I always have like a wee sort of selection of plasters and things like that in there. Um, I mean, if you're sticking to sort of like, you know, fairly well-known routes and things like that, especially starting out, you know, you're not going to be too far off the sort of beaten track and things like that. And if you're telling someone, you know, where you're going and what sort of time you'll be back, but certainly it, it can never hurt to have the sort of basics. So, you know, plasters and things like that in your bag just just in case you need them something else I have to say because it's something that really annoys me take a rubbish bag yeah you'll see the amount of rubbish that you see on the trails and toilet roll is rubbish so you'll have to go nature will call at some point yeah but please don't use the toilet roll and leave it there because that's one thing and it's just it's it's dirty just yeah. take it with you yeah so, that's that's my pet hate that's yeah I absolutely agree the other thing you'll need is tissues I am yes. forever blowing my nose you'll need a pack of tissues in your rucksack pack of tissues in your your um your hoodie or whatever because yeah my nose is constantly running and trust me you don't want to keep wiping your nose on your sleeves and gloves because <laughs> they just look they end up being gross um the other thing I was going to mention is I always you don't have to take one of these like if you're just going out for like I don't know, a 30 minute hike or an hour hike or whatever, depends where you're going. But if you're going out and doing a mountain or a peak, I definitely re recommend getting one of those silver foils. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you finish a race and they put the, one of the foils around you, because if anything was to happen to you, you fall over, you need to ring, you know, the mountain rescue or anything, having one of those foils, they're really cheap, just to wrap around you to keep you warm, really, really important. So I always, I've got that, in my bag I also have ibuprofen gel because I used to my knees to get a bit dodgy when I was going downhill and just having that ibuprofen gel to rub on my knee really really helped to reduce that pain I don't get it anymore and um, so I always keep that in my bag and a knee support as well because of that I don't think if I 
had had a bad knee, I probably wouldn't. But that knee support has come in handy for other people. So I always yeah. keep that in my bag. And one of the things my friend bought me is, <laughs> is basically like, I don't know what they call it, but it's a piece of polystyrene or something. Basically, you can just put it on the floor and it rolls out and you sit on it. So if you want somewhere to sit, just like a little seated I don't know plastic thing that you just roll out and it's amazing because if it's a wet horrible day and you just want to sit down and eat enjoy your sandwich you can have one of those but it's not necessary mm. yeah <laughs> I've not seen them actually I might look into that I'll, I'll try and find it many, many a wet bum from you sitting yes. on the grass <laughs> yeah and then the only other thing I would say is like um you mentioned plasters zinc oxide tape is really good I don't know if you've ever used that no. so when I've did the I've done the Yorkshire three peaks and the national three peaks because you're in walking boots constantly your feet just sweat and sweat and sweat so definitely take a if you're going out on really long hike take a spare pair of socks because your feet sweat so much then um zinc oxide tape basically stops the sweating of your toes so you wrap every toe up in zinc, mm -hmm. zinc oxide tape and it stops the rubbing and if you've got blisters whack that on it's horrible like when you take it off it's horrible but it stops it kind of like stops the sweating don't ask me how but it's really cheap like you can get it from pound shop um so that's really helpful as well and then the final thing i would say is have a spare set of clothes so when you get into the car oh it's so nice just to like peel off your sweaty horrible layers and put something fresh on so I usually have like big joggers big hoodie my Ugg boots yeah. and then yeah it just feels amazing so a nice fresh pair of clothes to get in in the car yeah because I think I don't know if this happens to you but if I if I take those walking boots off they're not going back on Mm -hmm. So, because like you say, your feet, are, your feet are swollen, they're sweaty, they're, you know, you're okay as long as you keep going. But as soon as you sit down and take the boots off, especially then if you, you know, get back to the car or wherever, when you're finished, having to then put the boots back on to like drive, it just is the most uncomfortable thing ever. So yeah, Ugg boots are my, are my go-to as well for yeah. that. <laughs> it's easy to slip on. When yeah. we, did the, we did the Yorkshire Three Peaks, so it was eight hours of constant walking and three peaks in one go. Yep. The final stretch, which was like we'd finished the final peak and we're on the way back to where we started, I got one blister and that was it. And I walked for, must have been about four miles without one boot on. I just could not get that boot back on. There was no way it was going back on. So when you, we got to the finish line, because it's quite a well-known area in Yorkshire, there's people sat outside the pub and they'll like clap you. And there's oh. one boot like, woo. <laughs> yeah, so. oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah um okay so bag wise sorted let's talk about the actual general and I feel like we're going to go over for time here but whatever let's go with it because it's an important topic in terms of the actual like going up when to stop and eat having a bit of a break and that kind of thing what's your general rule in terms of helping people with that uh, what do you mean so far Sorry, I don't know what you mean there. Um, so I'll I'll roll with it, and then you'll be able to understand. Yeah. When you're going, <laughs> when you're going for a hike, remember uh -huh. everybody's at different different levels. So, for example, I won't need to stop usually for a while, but okay. when I do, I need to have something to eat, make sure I drink along the way, and really allow myself to rest for a little bit. The one thing I would say is like when you go out for hikes in a pack in a group of people, if you're the person behind everybody else 
do not be afraid to shout to the person ahead of everybody else can you give me five minutes because there's nothing worse than being the slow one and I've been the slow one before in a pack of people and then once they've had their rest their lovely five minute rest because they're at the front you get there and they're off again put your foot down and say no because you need to have these stops to recover yeah some people might not like the definitely the the fitter I've got and the more mountains I've done and peaks I've done, my legs are stronger. I can go for longer. Being pregnant now is a complete challenge because now I have to stop all the time. But that's teaching me a big life lesson, actually, that I need to listen to your body. One thing I'd really say is if you're gasping for breath, your heart rate is racing and you feel faint, dizzy, sick, you need to stop and just take five minutes and completely own it because everybody's going to be at different levels. Don't expect yourself to be you know at the front with the leader of the pack when you're absolutely dying and you know you just want to have a break take it because you will need it no definitely and I think like that I mean like we've said you know everybody is at different levels and you know hiking it's not it's not a race it's to get you out, out in nature it's to enjoy the day so taking it at a speed where it's just not enjoyable for you it'll just put you off so make it about you make it about you know you enjoying your time and you know like Angie says just take your time if you are gasping for breath if you feel thirsty if you feel knackered that is your body telling you you need five minutes so and absolutely don't be shy to say to people because you know if you're with a group as well the whole point of the group is to go and have an enjoyable day so it's only right then that everybody in the group has you know has an enjoyable day and if there's somebody that wants to run away out in the front on their own then just let them crack on just you you know you find a couple of people to sit with and just take take the rest as you need it I would say for for me it's maybe sort of every 30-ish minutes I would sit down get a wee snack get a wee drink um but again if if I've just climbed a really steep bit it might be before then if it's relatively flat then it it might be a bit longer so just listen to your body really because it'll let you know yeah and on the flip side of that it can be helpful going in a group because it can push you through sort of mental barriers for sure you know where usually you might say oh I can't do this I don't want to go go anymore but you've got a group with you that can be the beauty of going with a group because you can really push yourself to do things that you never thought you would be able to do before like I um before the year before Covid I took a handful of my online coaching clients up Snowdon and the year before that I did it with my boot campers and honestly they were just like I would never have been able to do this if I hadn't come with this group and you know we were at the top we were looking down and it was just beautiful and amazing and they all had such a wonderful time but you know most of them would had said there was no way I would have got to the top without you know this group so it can be really really motivating as well when you go out in a group for sure um okay cool anything else we haven't covered here trying to think the only thing I would maybe suggest would be just about rest so like the next or recovery so the sort of following days um so you know it's it's such a demanding activity your body you can expect to have you know a bit of doms the next day a bit of soreness some aches and it's normal everybody gets this because you're using muscles of your body that you don't necessarily use all the time you're also using them at a level that you don't use them at all of the time so a little bit of yeah doms and aches and pains the next day is normal um and feeling you know a bit fatigued so just 
knowing that your body needs a rest so not planning any massive big training days for you know the next couple of days afterwards um taking the rest but also staying active so you know gentle walking doing a bit of yoga doing some stretching things like this this will all help to help you recover and help your you know your body get back to normal um epsom salts baths are also a good one um and your water so you're you're going to be really dehydrated because you'll be sweating a lot you'll have lost a lot of salts and things like that so replenishing the salts the what are they called the electrolyte yeah drinks they can be really good again replenishing your water um replenishing your protein and your carb stores because you'll have used all of them up during the hike so just thinking thinking about it as like a a a massive training session so the same as what you would do for the gym but just on a, a bigger scale yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up, actually, because I think the recovery part is so important. And also, I know I've definitely had it if I've done a really big hike. I've had um, like a bit of a come down the next day. You feel tired, miserable and a bit sad. And sometimes you can get a bit emotional the day after. And I know if anyone's listening to this and thinking, yeah, whatever, like, no, you don't. <laughs> Honestly, you actually can. And a lot of it, I think, is to do with the actual fatigue that you're feeling because you just feel a bit sorry for yourself. Um, but you can, you can go from having this amazing, like heightened day of all of these new experiences and, you know, seeing all these amazing things. And then the next day you're like crippled on your sofa, like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, so do I always say to clients whenever they're like, oh, I'm going to go and do this hike. I'm going to do this mountain. I'm like, remember, there's a come down. Remember not yep. to plan anything the day after. You know, if you've got work, maybe just say, well, I'm not going to be able to move that much. Um, but yes, make sure you get some mobility in. Don't just don't be a slug. Like, don't just sit down and do nothing because yep. you'll feel worse. You'll feel crippled. Like, make sure that you are stretching out. Your calves might be really tight. Like, calves can really take a battering knees often when you're going downstairs the next day they can feel really sore and horrible this will all you know wear away after a couple of days and you'll feel a lot better but just going easy on yourself and no big big gym sessions like you said I also think um if you're going out for a a hike and you know it's going to be a good three to four hours it's not a dieting day like don't plan to if you're gonna if you're in a deficit allow yourself that day and the day after just to have off calorie tracking because you just need to listen to your body you need to refuel make sure you're getting lots of the good stuff but also allow yourself you know that evening you want to order order yourself a takeaway then have the takeaway you know you've I don't want to say you've earned it but you've bloody burned a hell of a lot of calories so you know you can enjoy yourself um and yeah uh, was there anything else I don't think recovery wise I think also just making sure that listen if this is something that you really want to get into your strength training like you mentioned at the start is going to really help you I know the more and more I strengthen my glutes and my posterior chain so my hamstrings and everything the stronger I got especially you know scrambling in that kind of thing because you're constantly forward leaning you've got to use you know your hips your knees your legs and everything to get you up if you've got a strong backside and a strong back you, you know you're going to be caning it up that hill and, and uh, you'll be loving life if you've got strong legs and also downhill as well, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Because it's, it, it is, and you know, once you do a couple, you, you, you'll find it, you know, you're standing on rocks, you're standing on different things and all of the training that you do. So like your strength training exercises and, you know, your single leg exercises, yeah. your, your single arm exercises, all of these things helps to 
it's for like your balance, your stability, all of these things are going to help you. It, it, it just improves everything in general. And these are all then tools that you'll use, which will help you get up the hill and up the mountain a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. I think we've covered everything there. It's making me really excited. We're going to, we're doing Penny Fan in two weeks. Two Yay! Weeks. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'll be six months then as well. So we'll see oh, how we wow, get on. But that's oh. one thing I would say, any hikers out there who get pregnant, you're going to have to slow down. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you got, I, I did find we did one the other week and I just I couldn't breathe as well as I, I usually do. I just had to stop and slow. Brad was like, I'm not used to this. You're usually ahead of me. Yeah. Um, but, but I think it's just it's taking that back to the start again. So then yeah. just meeting your body where it's at, you know. Yeah, OK. In the future, you'll be back to normal levels. But the now it's, you know, toning down the, the levels and just doing what your body can do, because the mountains are always going to be there so you'll always be able to build up and build back up to them so yeah just do what's right for you the now yeah absolutely well thank you so much for coming on that I love that chat that was really fun and it's really made me want to go and hike now (laughs) (laughs) me too um tell us where the listeners can find out about you I know you mentioned it at the start but what's your Instagram handle yeah so I'm on Instagram at lmt.fitness um so yeah you can find me there yeah, and I'm sure if you've got any questions at all about Munro's or Scotland hiking, I'm sure you'll be able to assist. Maybe not Germany just yet, but... No, give me, give me a couple of years and I'll yeah. be the, the alpine expert. <laughs> and maybe when I've had my baby, I can I can fly over and we can go and do a, a hike over there together. Absolutely, definitely. <laughs> um, lovely to have you on. Thank you so much. If anybody has any questions or anything else they want to input into this podcast, please don't hesitate to get in touch with either one of us. It has been a pleasure. Thank you.